You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we go beneath the surface of the music industry to explore how technology is changing the way business gets done. I'm your host, Dimitri Vitsa. I'm the CEO and founder of Rock, Paper, Scissors, a PR firm that works in music and technology and music technology. And I'm really excited today because I have as our guest, uh, the CEO of CD Baby, Tracy Maddox. Welcome, Tracy. It's good to be with you, Dimitri. And uh, just one amendment, uh, I have a new title. It's, oh, what? Uh, C- I have a new title, CEO of AVL Digital Group. Uh, in case you hadn't heard, uh, there was an acquisition that happened in the industry a few weeks ago, and uh, we were part of it. And in conjunction with that, I've uh, I've been promoted to CD Baby's parent company, CEO. I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> and that's what this episode of our podcast is about. We're going to talk to Tracy about this this huge news. So, so glad everyone going to be here. Tracy, uh let's just let's just go right to it. How did this uh how did this buyer come about? Who is the buyer? Maybe we should start there. <laughs> yeah, so the, the buyer is uh Downtown uh Holding uh Inc, uh which is the owner of Downtown Music Publishing and Song Trust. And you know, if the question is how did this all come to be, if you, you think about a company like AVL Digital, like CD Baby, we we previously were owned by a private equity firm uh, that uh, probably none of your listeners have ever heard of called Stevens Inc. out of Little Rock, Arkansas. And for the last seven years, Stevens Inc. owned the parent company of CD Baby, uh, which is called AVL Digital. When uh, that uh, company Stevens made a determination that it had held AVL Digital long enough in its portfolio and decided uh, to go seek a buyer. It uh, ran a process in which all of its various component parts companies were uh, presented to prospective buyers for sale. And I can tell you from having participated in that process, there was uh, quite a bit of interest with brand names like CD Baby, uh, AdRev, DashGo, SoundDrop. Uh, as part of uh, the portfolio, there's just a lot of interest in the digital space right now. And so we work with an investment bank uh, to identify prospective buyers, both financial buyers, uh, meaning institutional funds, private equity funds, other financials that look like Stevens, as well as strategic buyers. And so companies that look like downtown music and uh, went through about a six month long process of pitching the business for sale. And eventually, uh, downtown was the prevailing uh, bidder. Uh, but specifically, one that I'm excited about because of our long relationship with downtown music publishing. We jointly launched the Song Trust business back in 2012. I believe we were the first client. Uh, Song Trust has provided publishing services to now over 170,000 uh, songwriters who are also CD Baby artists. Uh, we jointly administer uh, over a million compositions. And uh, so there's a long history with this prospective new owner uh, we've we've done business for five, maybe six years together. I know Justin Kalifowitz, the CEO founder of Downtown, very well, uh, and uh, Andrew Bergman, his COO, and then of course Joe Conyers, who's the general manager now, chief strategy officer of of another sister company, uh, Song Trust. And so I couldn't be more excited about this buyer and the way this process has concluded. 
Yeah, I guess it's a lot different than if uh, a totally new outside party came in and became uh, involved in that way. You've really tested this relationship out. For sure. I mean, I invited, when we were kicking this process off last summer, I invited uh, Justin and Andrew to come out and, uh, and, and, you know, talk a little bit with me about, you know, what they see in the future. And I told them uh, about uh, our plans and how we see the sound recording side of the industry evolving. And, you know, right away we struck um, some, some common ground. Uh, if, if you had to talk about how, how we see things, things evolving, how the industry will look different in, in a few years. Um, I'd say pretty quickly, we kind of jointly decided, hey, this might be a pretty good marriage. So that's the way it ended. Nothing was ever certain. I mean, with uh, with over 70 different parties who expressed some interest and signed an NDA, um, I can't tell you who they are because I'm bound by that uh, non-disclosure agreement as well. But uh, there were quite a few different uh, players and it was never a certain thing that uh, that downtown was going to be uh, ultimately the prevailing uh, uh, bid uh, for the business. Awesome. And I like how this this is almost like a nice case study for a lot of the, the music startups that are out there uh, to see sort of like what is that process when you get this far down the road with um, the maturation of a business where it's changing hands here and there. But um, interesting for them to be thinking about those the, the strategic partnerships uh, as an acquisition target as well. What, what changes will come to, to the team, to your role as a result of this acquisition, Tracy? Well, other than the promotion that I already mentioned, uh, not much. And we're still going to run as an independent business. I still will uh, retain my CEO duties and responsibilities for uh, CD Baby and all the related companies in the portfolio, including AdRev, uh, Dashgo, and and Sounddrop. But each one of those brands has a very talented uh, president, CEO, or brand manager, depending on the brand. Uh, Noah Becker will continue to preside over AdRev, and you know that's the part of the business that really focuses on uh, video monetization, collecting rights holders' share of advertising revenue on YouTube. Uh, ben Patterson is an industry veteran, founder of, of Dashgo for uh, 14 years. This is all he's done. He'll continue in that role. Uh, the team that that brought you uh, SoundDrop will continue, including Pony, uh, Zach Domer, who's a longtime CD Baby employee, and uh, the folks that have, have been part of the management team uh, at AVL Digital and specifically at CD Baby will also continue in their roles. And so from the perspective of team, very little uh, will change, if anything. And in terms of the perspective for what the team does, I think that the opportunities for consolidated uh, strategic activity are huge. If you think about what SongTrust is and, and how it's offering services to independent songwriters and publishers. If you think about what downtown is and, and a very high quality catalog of, of music, uh, really, you know, a publisher of unmatched quality. If you think about recently uh, songs like Imagine uh, co-written by John Lennon and, and, uh, Yoko Ono, uh, uh, part of that catalog, a song like Shallow, which was performed by Lady Gaga and won uh, the Academy Award for Best Song. Uh, songs like, uh, uh, you know, songs written by um, Ryan Tedder and performed by the, the Jonas Brothers. I think they've had a number of number one hits in the last few months and weeks. That's the quality of, of catalog that is now married with uh, a, a huge catalog at CD Baby and, and the other distribution brands at AVL Digital. And uh, 
we really, you know, have worked to create an ecosystem where an artist or songwriter, no matter what part of their career can enter and they'll never, as long as we're doing our job and, and, and adding a tremendous amount of value to, to that uh, artist, they'll never have to leave. And that's exactly kind of the vision that, uh, that we had uh, um, thought about as we, you know, formed the strategic alliance with song trust years ago and with the most recent, most uh, recent acquisition. Can I ask a little more detail on that that relationship? I know it's early days, and and probably the specifics are not known. But but um, what I mean, how might you see that roll out where CD Baby artists um, will will benefit somehow with this relationship with such a significant both publishing company and publishing administration company? Obviously, the song trust relationship will just get stronger. So those artists that are already doing uh, publishing administration through CD Baby Pro now have a closer tie to the people who are actually doing that work and the systems that are doing that work. Are there other things that you see down the road as it relates to publishing or is it more about just combining this huge catalog? What is it? You know, hundreds of thousands of artists, millions of songs that CD Baby's already addressing on some side of the business distribution, for example, as well as some of the publishing administration, tying it with this catalog that's also, um, you know, major pop songs that are that are doing really well on the publishing side what is there anything a little more you can flesh out with how that might be helpful to cd baby artists over the long run sure i mean i think you identified the first one you know with a catalog of about 10 million sound recordings among the, the three distribution brands cd baby Dashgo, and sound drop and coming up on 2 million compositions administered throughout those brands for songwriters having a partner who is both uh, uh, global in nature. Uh, downtown has offices in places like uh, Paris, uh, places like Amsterdam, uh, Sydney, Australia, Tokyo. And so when we think about collecting whatever the income is, whether it's publishing income or neighboring rights income, having a partner with operations and experience in foreign geographies you know, clearly means that that part of our service will become stronger. And that's something that we've already started with, with uh, Song Trust, but, but, you know, through the acquisition and now that we are, you know, essentially of the same ownership, we can really expedite that work to build out those services and make sure that uh, artists in those geographies uh, and domestically are collecting everything that's owed to them. But less obvious are ways that we can collaborate around sync. And, and so for those that, that might understand what sync is or, or what it has anything to do with CD baby or sound drop or, or Dashgo, you know, we're, we're in the early stages of making uh, a fairly sizable catalog available to uh, music supervisors, people that are placing uh, music in TV in uh, video clips online uh, and even on the radio and you know annually CD Baby's sync program and you can uh, see this at cdbabylicensing.com uh, we've done some really nice job of, of placing uh, ads or, or, or music and ads uh, on behalf of our artists we just had an artist uh, make about $14,000 in the placement of their song in a, a VW commercial that, uh, that aired in France that happened just last week but this is a nation area for us. We're just beginning to invest. When you think about what a publisher has to do when they're looking to monetize uh, both sound recording and the composition, and, you know, sync is really core uh, to what they do. And so from that perspective, uh, growing our sync practice and really adding that as a service that will have tremendous value 
uh, to artists throughout the ecosystem. You know, I think sync is one area that may not be so obvious, but is, is a huge area of opportunity uh, as we grow. But international collections, uh, both on publishing, performance, and, and neighboring rights, uh, you know, I, I think is the is the most obvious and probably the, the largest in terms of revenue opportunity for the artist. Great. That, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for clarifying that. You know, there's another way to look at this that I'm curious about. This is a very different outcome than if CD Baby was bought by, say, a major label or a streaming service. And I don't really know who was in the mix here. But how does this outcome, having an independent company in this acquisition role, affect where CD Baby will go in the coming years compared to what other alternatives could happen for CD Baby or what has happened with other distributors? I think first and foremost, our teammates who are uh, violently independent are are pleased with the outcome. I and mean, they're very excited to be part of a larger independent ecosystem. If I had to uh, announce to my teammates here in Portland, Oregon, and we actually did a, a simulcast in the seven, eight countries we're now operating in, so everybody could hear the announcement at the same time. If I had said, hey, we're now going to be part of major label X, Y, or Z, there's three of them, it would have been a very unhappy moment. It would you know, probably, uh, from the perspective of retaining our talent, not be a good thing. And so that, that we can like cling on to that independence, really delivering value directly to independent songwriters and artists is, is so important just for the ethos of, uh, of our team and, and kind of how we approach what we do. Um, so I, I think, you know, first and foremost, that is assured with the kind of ownership that we have in downtown. There is no, you know, five to seven year treadmill where we have to run fast to get to the next sale. We are in a situation now where we can execute uh, for the long term. And if that means competing with the three major labels, so be it. We are much better positioned to do that given our post acquisition size and scope. Wow, that's yeah. That it definitely seems like it fits really well with the origins of CD Baby and and kind of the culture, as well as both with the the internal team as well as the the artist base. Um, so, congrats on that. It, it seems like uh, it's kind of an ideal scenario. I think so. We did have a number of artists reach out and say, well, "What does this mean? Are you going to close the door on uh, my ability to submit whatever music I want?" And the answer is. No, I mean, we're anticipating no changes from the artist's perspective. Depending on brand, we're going to continue business as usual. We've always viewed CD Baby primarily uh, as kind of the flagship brand as not a gatekeeper, but a gateway. That's how it was founded 20 years ago. That's what it will continue to be. But we have other services that more carefully tailor the experience to the needs of artists. a, a Dashco, for instance, is really focused around label services and managers that might have multiple artists. If there's a need for specific promotional services, if there's a need for an advance, that's the kind of, of, of artist type or client type that Dashco will focus on. If the creator is releasing music primarily on a platform like YouTube, is looking to build celebrity and build a, a client base or a fan following that is uh, YouTube first, uh, maybe releasing cover songs. A sound drop is a, a really great fit, a super service, the easiest way to, to license a cover song uh, for those types of artists. And it will continue to service those artists as it has before. And so we don't think that the artists are going to notice any change. But, you know, I have had some really candid conversations with artists about what does this mean? Because anytime there's change, people get a little uncomfortable. But when I can frame it in those terms, which is we're very committed to, to being independent, to delivering incredible value to clients, um, 
generally speaking, uh, the, the feedback uh, from artists and songwriters has been very uh, positive. Yeah, so you kind of addressed that CD Baby artists won't notice any any negative things um, as a result of this acquisition. I'm curious, though, with this um, kind of this opportunity as maintaining independence versus where, as several months ago, you're maybe looking for who's going to acquire CD Baby, um, or at least the the, uh, the equity company that owns CD Baby was looking for that, and that, that could have had a different outcome. What do you think uh, might be some, some uh, benefits and opportunities, some changes that artists might notice in the long run as a result of being able to maintain that kind of more independent um, uh, ownership? We, we view one of our first and foremost roles in the industry as an aggregator and you know, setting aside brand for a second um, as advocating on behalf of our rights holders for the best rates that we can get from the DSPs. That means when we engage in a negotiation with Spotify or Apple or Pandora for the rates that our rights holders will receive as a percentage of revenue from streaming, we want to be independent. We want to be able to, um, actively and effectively negotiate on behalf of our rights holders. That's not very easy to do if, if say, a DSP, let's just say that Apple in this transaction took a slice of equity in, in CD Baby. If that had happened, it would be very difficult for us to go to Apple with a straight face and say, we want more this time. Um, we're going to withhold our catalog potentially if we don't get what we want for our rights holders. And so I, I think one thing that this does, this this kind of renewed commitment to independence and independent ownership, is it gives us the largest catalog of music on the planet, or at least the largest independent catalog of music on the planet with CD Baby, Dashgo, and, and Soundrop, coupled with one of the highest quality catalogs of compositions on the planet in downtown, which if you think about it from a, the perspective of both independence and just negotiating power, is a powerful comp- combination. Um, you've got both quality and quantity and really a, a different starting place when we go to, to have a renewal conversation uh, with any DSP. And so, you know, that's that's the the benefit in the long run is just the ability to, to, to you know, r- represent those rights holders in an appropriate way at an arm's length and with market power. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. And and if you were to get invested invested in by or or uh, owned by uh, um, DSPA, and you had to negotiate with DSPB, there's another <laughs> there's another kind of dynamic as well. Um, so I see that very much. So so while I've got you, Tracy, maybe we could like just talk a little bit more contextually overall, not solely about the. Um, about this recent news, but um, what, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges of independent music, uh, say the independent music industry this year and maybe next over through 2020? I think one thing to remember is that the trend is, is really friendly towards prolific creation. It's, it's easy to make music. It's very easy to distribute uh, that music onto platforms like, like Spotify and Apple Music. And, you know, this act of distribution has almost become a commodity. Uh, and so from the perspective of the artist, you, you have to think, you know, it, is what I'm doing unique? Is it unique enough that I'm going to be able to succeed with this content? Or is just expressing the content uh, good enough for me? And and so when we think about you know, what that means for the artist in terms of all this content and all this competition for listener uh, share of listeners, we think about how can we 
insert ourselves into the process and really add value. And you know what we've concluded is that the thing that will really make our platforms different and viable for the long term is delivering more value. Whether that is you know continuing to distribute and accept physical media formats and help find a market for those, whether it's giving tools like Show.co and Ad Builder to artists to be able to promote their work, or if it's something even more simple like helping an artist license a sample or a cover song uh, for their derivative work, all those things add a tremendous amount of value. And I, I don't think that from the artist's perspective, you can just thinking about pushing a button and getting the music out there anymore. We like to think about our services as uh, being the best partner that we can be and adding the most value that we can do uh, to, to help the artist succeed uh, in this, you know, really sea of new and independently released music that's available on the platforms. Uh, because if I'm just pushing bits from from uh, point A to point B, yeah, that's really more like a public utility. It's not value added, it's something you need, but it's not something that really helps over the long term. And so I think from the perspective of, you know, where the industry is going and from the artist's perspective, it's really, you know, being choosy about the partner that they select to represent their music, making sure that that partner is delivering a lot of value uh, for whatever uh, the artist is paying and and making sure that that ultimately they're doing their part and making sure that the music is 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 valuable and what i mean by that is i mean i think all music regardless of whether it's popular or not or listened to or not has intrinsic value but the thing that makes music most valuable commercially is making sure that the metadata is right, uh, that, the, that the data that describes what the music is, is, is right. So that music is discoverable so that fans can find it. And, uh, you know, we don't think that the companies that uh, view um, music as a commodity or view it just as a means to profitability necessarily value music the same way we do. And, uh, and so that's the kind of partner we are. That's the commitment that we make uh, when we onboard a client. Awesome. Tracy, I, I think I'd like to make sure everybody knows that CD Baby also organizes the DIY Musician Conference as another interesting offering to artists. That's taking place August 16th through 18th in Austin, Texas. That's at DIYMusicianCon.com. And uh, in full disclosure, not only does my company Rock, Paper, Scissors do PR for, for CD Baby, we also help with the programming on that conference. And we really put a lot of energy with our, our friends at CD Baby to, to make sure there's a lot of value there for artists. Um, so it's, a, it's kind of a great hub for understanding where things are going in terms of how to, how, to, um, how to monetize and how to build a career, how to do marketing and all that stuff as a DIY musician. So those tickets are actually super cheap, $129 for a three-day event. Um, so that's a, that's another cool thing you guys are doing, Tracy. Um, and, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, Tracy, to, uh, to come on, uh, the music tectonics podcast and sharing a little bit of, uh, your experience with this great news. Um, and, uh, I'm sure people will be able to see you at Austin. Is there anything else you'd like to announce or shout out before we wrap up the podcast? Well, I have to say as a client of rock, paper, scissors for what now, six years, you know, there's things that wouldn't be true if, uh, if, if we hadn't found such an excellent uh, service to, to amplify our message and, and sometimes even helps craft the message. And, and one of those things is the DIY conference. Can't speak enough about it. Probably wouldn't exist without the assistance of Rock, Paper, Scissors. And man, what a great opportunity as an artist to, to connect with a community of like-minded individuals that are just maybe starting out. 
uh, maybe wanting to, to get to know other artists, to, to get to know how to become better um, at, at their craft. Um, would love to see you in Austin. Dimitri and I will be there. And uh, Dimitri, um, you know, let's let's go for uh, let's go for seven or eight. Maybe maybe make this a decade long thing. Let's keep it going. Absolutely, definitely, definitely. And I, I should also throw out there that uh, CD Babies come on as a, a supernova sponsor of the conference that we're launching as well, the Music Tectonics Conference, which will take place October twenty eighth and 29th. Um, in Los Angeles. Thanks, Tracy, for for coming on as a sponsor alongside Ad, alongside AdRev, also sponsoring. Um, we've also got Lyric Fine jumping in as a sponsor. Um, that is all still in full unfolding, all very new stuff, but you can check out musictectonics.com. If you sign up to our newsletter there, you can get a discount, a uh, $100 discount on the conference, um, and also find out about all new podcasts and blog posts we do there. Tracy, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. My pleasure. Great to speaking with you today, Dimitri. Sounds good. And everybody else, uh, check out uh, additional episodes on any of your favorite uh, podcast platforms and feel free to leave a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Music Tectonics.